Our lesson today comes from Philippians chapter 1. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi with the bishops and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to think this way about all of you, because you hold me in your heart, for all of you share in God's grace with me, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I long for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you determine what is best, so that on the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Christ Jesus for the glory and praise of God. I want you to know, beloved, that what has happened to me has actually helped to spread the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to everyone else that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers and sisters, having been made confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, dare to speak the word with greater boldness and without fear. Some proclaim Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. These proclaim Christ out of love, knowing that I have been put here for the defense of the gospel, the others proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but intending to increase my suffering and my imprisonment. What does it matter? Just this, that Christ is proclaimed in every way, whether out of false motives or true, and in that I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. The word of our Lord. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations in our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our God, our rock, and our redeemer. Amen. When I was in eighth grade, I purchased a big cardboard box. I don't think they had the Tupperware ones at Target at this time, so it was a big cardboard box that I actually had to assemble and put together, and it became my memory box. It, it was up on a shelf in my closet, and I would just chuck things in there. Um, it was really well organized, as you can imagine. I would put in things like my t-shirts from preschool, um, variety of pictures, but more than anything, I put in it letters. I would put notes that my friends would pass to me in class, yes, even these, Valentine's Day gifts, and then if people wrote me letters throughout the years, I would just throw them up there. As time went on, I, I pulled out some of the junk because it did get filled with some junk. Um, and I transferred everything into one of those big rubber containers so that if it got wet, because now it's moved with me about five times and been in basements and not very nice locations, that the stuff in it will be preserved. About a few years ago, I pulled it out and I started digging through it. I was in search of a letter that my pastor had written to me while I was in college. I didn't find it. I put that letter in a safe place, totally unknown to me now. Um, <laughs> darn those safe places, they're so mysterious. Um, 
But I found all of these other letters. I got tons of letters in college. There was email at this time, believe it or not. But I still got letters. And many of them came from my church community. I have letters from some of the youth uh, workers who went on our mission trips with us. I have letters um, from my youth director, Chris Bjorki, who I just saw this last weekend. Um, letters that encouraged me and marked a moment in my life saying, how can we help you be who you are? How can we encourage you and love you in the faith and support you? If it wasn't for the letters, I think I would have forgotten these relationships which is unfortunate. Um, I would have forgotten some of those people who had molded me and shaped me along the way. And so that box continues to be this treasure chest for me, containing these wonderful letters. As Brian said, most of the New Testament is made up of letters written often by Paul, although by the other apostles as well, to various congregations. And they read them often. And the letters were different in the way they would come across. I mean, he wrote sometimes with a little fire and anger in his voice when he wrote to the Galatians, for instance. And other times he wrote trying to bring the churches together in unity like he did to the, first, to the Corinthians. And then we get to our letter to the Philippians, which is one of my all-time favorites. It just glows with love and thanksgiving and joy. I mean, Ellen, how many times did you say joy at the end of that letter? It was amazing, right? I rejoice, I rejoice. There's so much joy and gratitude for the relationship that Paul has with his people in Philippi. Now, oftentimes when I get up to preach on Sunday morning, I will tell you that when I read the text, I thought, oh, no wonder it was assigned to the associate pastor. It's so hard. <laughs> this week, I opened up the text and I thought, yes, this is great. And it was made all the better because I knew we were commemorating and celebrating Greta and Angie. I know, I'm going to embarrass you too. <laughs> Get in for it. You already had to sit up front. So, <laughs> um, Because the words that Paul writes could be my words. I think, my God, every time I remember you constantly giving thanks for the joys we have shared from the first day until now and sharing in the gospel. Now, you two were at this church far before I was. <laughs> were you both baptized here? I think you both were. Yes? Okay. So they've been at this church since the very beginning of their lives. And, and like Greta, you're third generation here. So <laughs> here we go. Um, but I remember when I showed up five years ago, you both were in seventh grade and in confirmation, and they, like, would hardly speak to me. You were very quiet, but Greta already had that smile. Um, and while they were quiet at confirmation class, because like most people are, unless they're just talking to each other, um, you were already leaders in this congregation. Angie, you were already singing in shepherd song, and I remember you having voice lessons with Emily at that time. And Greta, I think the first time I met you, Emma Blank was on your back as you were, you were at your house. I was at a potluck. And... I recognized immediately that you two were leaders. It didn't take long before you became a force in our children's ministry department, serving as leaders for vacation Bible school, being in the nursery, and then soon after confirmation was all over and you needed something to do on Wednesday nights, so we put you right into wham. <laughs> 
Then you dealt with being the assistant to the assistant to the assistant director of the Christmas program. I like to give incredible titles. Um, and in all things, whenever I call upon you to do something, you're there. You're two of the most faithful and um, joyous people I know. So it's hard to say goodbye. Oh my gosh, when I practice this, I did not get cheered up. So it's different when you do it with people. <sighs> so indeed, I thank my God whenever I remember you. I was thinking about this letter um, that, the, that Paul wrote. And so you have a bunch of letters up here today. I invited some people in the congregation to write you letters. Um, and who really did it was our kids. Um, our kids did a great job. You've got a whole pack up here. But I wanted to share the words of um, one of our parents. Largely because she got it to me early and it's short. So thank you, <laughs> Joanna Dallum. Um, she writes this. I very distinctly remembering the remember the first time I heard Angie sing. Wow. Angie, your voice is a beautiful instrument that I hope you will continue to share with the world. You have been an inspiration to many of the children at Shepherd. You are a kind person with a very patient soul. There's an exclamation point there, and I think it deserves it because I've been to Wham on occasion, and anyone who's working with the Wham kids needs a patient soul. Your time and energy over the past four years is so very appreciated. Parents, children, and Wham will miss you greatly. I know you will go out and spread your positivity and joy with others. And to Greta. Greta, your smile is contagious. Thank you for spreading that joy. You have always been so willing to help at Shepherd. We could always find you. We just had to look in the nursery at Wham, at BBS, or any group of giggling kids. The children of Soth love your attention and your playful spirit. Parents are so appreciative of your time and energy. Wham would not be Wham without you. Your energy and kindness will take you far. So you have more letters. I hope you'll get to read them later. But doesn't that sound like Paul's letter to the Philippians? Joy and thanksgiving overflowing through those words. Our faith community would not be the same without you. Now, before we just saint these two and send them on the way, there's actually a message for the rest of us. That's the good news. Because as great as the two of these young people are and all the potential that they have, one of the most incredible things that I think happens here and happens in our churches is that we, while we celebrate two people, it really is about the larger community. In some ways, who you two are today is because of all of the people here in this place who have loved you for so long. When Paul wrote his letter to the Philippians, he didn't write to two individuals and say, hey, go pass on this message. Instead, he wrote it to the entire community of faith. He wrote it to the entire church family saying, hey, I give thanks for all of you. You all play an important part. And that is true. As I think about who we are called to be as people of God, it is indeed people who share in the gospel, share in the love of God, share in the forgiveness. But what we do is we come together in order to praise God and grow that relationship, but in order to do like Brian said, work alongside each other to do that better, to be able to embrace and do bigger things. And then we lift each other up. 
When I look out at all of your faces on Sunday morning when our Wham! Choir sings, the faces of the parents look very similar to the faces of the people sitting right next to them who are not the parents. Because all of the children here in this church are your children. You celebrate and you uplift and you pray for each other. As I think about Angie and Greta, I have watched your eyes shine as you've celebrated with them. As Angie has sung or as Greta has embraced our kids, we care about each other. We pray for our kids and we help them grow into the people God has called them to be. And that is what we do at our very best. I can't wait to see these people, who, these young people who were up here just a few minutes ago when they graduate. Because I know your eyes will be shining and you will be celebrating with all of them just as you are celebrating today. The church is an extended family to each other. We're a weird group of people, let's admit it, right? We come from different backgrounds, with different perspectives, with all sorts of different stories to share, but we come together because we love God. And in that process, we walk together in joy and in gratitude. But we also walk together when life is hard, when things are difficult. And Paul alludes to that in his letter today. He's in prison when he writes it. He still thanks God and has joy because he has people who care about him, who show up, who bother to ask, how are you today? And who will welcome him home when he comes. This is who we are as people of God, people who journey and celebrate together no matter what. And my real prayer for all of us in this church is not only that we overflow with love and joy, but that no matter when you come home to this place, that you are welcomed with opened arms, that you are loved abundantly, and that you indeed receive that blessing and belonging that comes from being a part of this family of faith who loves you unconditionally no matter what. Amen.